This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're going to get you some help in the form of Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Julie, good morning and welcome to another Smart Garden. Good morning, Denny. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. I uh, I have to. I always feel better when we're first of all above zero. That's right. Second of all, well above zero. Yeah. Uh, I you know bad. I'm looking at the forecast and I'm and the the National Weather Service folks say we're going to get near 45 today. Holy cow! Isn't that great? Now, uh, I want to ask you in a, a second about is that does that fool our plants and shrubs? But before I do that. Let, uh, let's invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, and if you're a regular listener to the show, we appreciate that. Uh, you know we tend to get pretty busy, so we don't want to leave anybody out here, any questions unanswered. So call us or text Julie if you like, either way. Just one number will get you either the phone call or text, 651-461-9226. Uh, you know, we, we've had discussions here on CCO in the past week or so how sunshine, what a difference. Just just having sunshine makes on our psyche. And I, I think yeah, that's absolutely. absolutely true, especially those that suffer from a seasonal affective disorder. But right. besides that, uh, is that uh, is this is this mid-40s fooling our plants at all or shrubs, or is that they'll just take it in stride? Uh, probably not at this point. It's, it's still pretty chilly for any plants to emerge or buds to open up. Um, I think what we're going to see is a loss of snow cover and probably, um, you know, quite a bit of, uh, water running off though. Our soil, I was talking with our friend, uh, my colleague, John Trappy and, you know, around the state, we have monitoring, monitoring systems, weather stations, uh, probes in the soil that monitor soil temperature and frost depth and, and the soil is not frozen because really? we've had so much snow that that uh, that it's acted. You know, I, we've talked before about what an insulating yeah. uh, quality that snow has. And so <laughs> the soil isn't frozen. So we're going to, you know, hopefully what will happen is as things, if things will gradually thaw out and the water will gradually seep into the soil and we'll have, we'll be able to replenish our aquifers that have been, you know, pretty... Pretty abused the past couple of years, especially with the droughty conditions. Oh, yeah. But so I don't think we're going to fool any plants. It is a really good time though to uh, get outside and and right now and prune your apple trees, for example. Uh, we have uh, some apple tree pruning workshops going on for orchardists. 
Uh, my colleague, Annie Claude, is teaching those. And we also have some videos for homeowners. We have a series of three videos that Annie does with, uh, with Dave Bedford, who's one of our apple breeders and, and other people on staff at the Arboretum. And so you can watch those and kind of brush up on your apple pruning skills and uh, before you go out there with your pruners and your loppers and saws. So take a look at that. It's on our extension page under our fruit section, particularly under the apple section. Now, you mentioned apple trimming, uh, uh, apple trees. What about the other trees? Because I'm anticipating we're going to be getting other, as we always do, questions from our listeners about trimming oaks and uh, who knows what. What about other species? Yeah. So you can. this is a good time to prune oaks. I'm glad you mentioned that because oak wilt is one of our uh, really devastating disease. And it affects oaks primarily from April through the summer, uh, mid-July roughly. And so we, we really strongly say no pruning of oaks from April through July. Um, you, you have a lower risk of oak wilt after that, and we have no risk of oak, oak wilt now. So, uh, so this is a, a disease that's transferred through beetles that feed on the oak trees, and it can also transfer through the, through the roots of the oak trees where they grow together, they graft together underground, and the disease can be transferred from tree to tree that way too. So, but now is a good time to prune your oaks. So that's red oaks, white oaks. Um, do that now and, uh, and, uh, and do it quickly because we don't want to wait until it warms up too much. You know, I think about what we talk uh, sometimes prior to Christmas or holiday gift giving. Uh, and I'm thinking uh, a lot of gardeners and p- people, maybe not necessarily gardeners, uh, tools, good tools oh, are yeah. are so essential. And is that, I mean, I guess maybe is it safe to say you get what kind of what you pay for with uh, gardening tools as well? Yeah, I think that's a really good point because uh, a good gardening tool is worth its weight and worth its price. Um, I happen to, I'm real fond of hand pruners. <laughs> I've kind of a collection of them. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can buy different kinds of pruners for different purposes. So we, we usually, when someone says, oh, what should I buy? I want one really good pruner. We uh, recommend a bypass pruner, and this is where the blades bypass each other. And it, acts, it gives a really nice clean cut uh, versus another type of pruner called an anvil pruner that's kind of, kind of crushes, almost crushes the, the, the stems a little bit. So that bypass pruner is terrific. You can keep them sharpened really easily. We actually, we have a webpage on cleaning and disinfecting and caring for your tools. So that is on our extension page under the, um, let's see, it's on a number of different pla- places, but under trees and shrubs you can find it. Um, there are also good saws. Tree saws are wonderful, um, and those you can purchase. Uh, you can buy a lot of these at your garden centers. And, uh, and also we, there are pole saws, too, for reaching really high up. Um, but really be careful. If you have a really challenging tree and you're having to get up on an extension ladder, and, boy, you know, it might be a good idea to call in an arborist to actually do that pruning for you. And we have great arborists, great well-trained uh, industry here in Minnesota, we're really, really lucky that way. Do that pruning for you, and we have great arborists, great, well-trained uh, industry here in Minnesota. We're really, really lucky that way. So uh, that too, we, you can find a page on our uh, website on how to hire a tree care professional. Gives you a link to the International Society of Arboriculture. You can put in your zip codes, 
and find out where the certified arborists are that are in your area. You know, there again, you've given some great examples of of all this information you can find on that website we tell folks about uh, each week. We don't want to take anything away from the show because I think once they, when they go to the go to the website, they go, "Hey, this is really great," uh, and it is extension.umn.edu. You're going to yes. find all sorts of information there. And Absolutely. The, yeah, and you guys put in a lot of work, you and your colleagues. I know you do. Yes, we do, and we try to uh, we try to put uh, you know we we get a lot of information from this show about the kinds of things people are asking, and we try to put that information in there. We also have our yard and garden news, which comes out every couple of weeks, and that is about current things going on. So right now, there's a lot of information about well house plants and uh, winterizing plants, things like animal protection, and some of the topics we talk about on this show a lot. So. Those are, uh, that's in the Yard and Garden News, and that link is also on the webpage. All right, extension.umn.edu, we'll mention that. Of course, again, in the meantime, let's hear your lawn and garden questions for Julie, either by phone or by text. As we head to this break, here's the number for either, 651-461-9226. Right now in the Twin Cities, I can tell you we're heading to near 45 today. Right now, our current temperature reading, 29 degrees in News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to folks like Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M answering those lawn or garden questions today. Either by phone or by text, as usual, here's the number. Call us or text Julie, 651-461-9226. All right, here's one for you. My amaryllis bulb has sprouted offshoot bulbs. Should those be removed and will they also flower if left intact? Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I have a couple of bulbs that have done that, too. Um, If your plant is growing well now and it's planted in its pot, I would leave it uh, for this season. But in the fall, when you bring it inside, you might want to repot it at that point. Um, Again, these bulbs go outside, and they're great outside. They they do really, really well. Uh, You can put them in kind of a part sun or filtered light environment. You could plant them right in your garden, too. But uh, let those bulbs, uh, while you still have it in the pot, don't disturb it. Just leave it. Let them grow. They will ultimately bloom. Um, They're quite small at this point, so they need to kind of build up their energy reserves and get a little larger maybe before they bloom. But sometimes they surprise you. Um, And then next fall when when you're bringing it in and and, uh, from the outdoors when it gets chilly, then uh, go ahead and divide. You can just... Take those and you can actually almost break them or cut them off. You can snap them off. You'll see they narrow down toward the base of the mother bulb. And just you can break them off. You want to have some roots come with them too. So you should have a nice uh, batch of roots on those by the end of the season. Suppose if this weather continues, you won't have to worry about this next question. Uh, Another uh, question about uh, shrubs. They don't say what kind, but they're bending over because of all the snow. Oh, sure. Uh, should we just leave it? What, what are they? Uh, their question is: Do we just let, let it melt, or should we knock it off gently? Uh, it might melt off at this point. Uh, yeah. You can knock it off gently, though, too. Uh, if they're very tall shrubs and you can't reach them, like if they're evergreens, you can take like a broom and just gently push up, just to knock that uh, snow off of there. Just be careful with it. You don't want to break any branches. Yeah, for sure. 
getting rabbit questions today. The rabbits ate a lot of the lower branches of both apple trees. Do we prune all those off? The snow is rock hard, so we're, we were unable to remove it from under the trees. Sure. Uh, yeah, so next year, fence your trees. That's important to keep those rabbits out of there. But at this point, if they've nibbled on the lower branches, you know, the kind of the lowest hanging fruit, so to speak, um, just, yeah, you can just prune those off. You can do that now. That's fine. Okay. Uh, 651-461-9226 for a phone call or a text question for Julie. Here's one. What would be a good shade-loving ground cover under eastern white cedars in Anoka County? Thanks. Love your show. Uh, well, under under cedars, it's going to be quite dry. So um, I would normally say sedges, but sedges like moisture, and they are kind of a low-growing, grassy uh, type of plant. Um, Mary, I wish Mary was on because she'd probably be able to recommend some. But you know, a juga works well. Um, uh, that's a there's a lot of different kinds, and they have different kind of they're kind of uh, very textural ground covers, they would work fine. Any kind of small, um, smaller hosta would be fine. They really tolerate dry conditions nicely. Um, uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would recommend vinca vine at this point. Uh, right now we're kind of wondering if it's a little bit aggressive maybe, but that's another popular ground cover that people have. You can take a look at our webpage called Gardening in the Shade. And there are quite a number of plants listed there for shade gardening. Um, you could also prune up the cedars a little bit to give them a little bit more opening underneath. And that might allow you a, a wider range of choices of plants. Some folks, and I don't blame them because I am too, are thinking <laughs> spring. Uh, this texture says basically, uh, what types of ivy can I grow on a chain link fence? Okay. Well, we have a couple of good ones here. So uh, one of the prime ones that we grow are uh, is called Virginia Creeper. It's a native vine here in Minnesota. Uh, it grows pretty robustly. It's perfect for a chain link fence. Um, it does have a couple of uh, issues. One is that Japanese beetles do like it. So it is something that you just want to be aware of that. It has wonderful fall color, really terrific deep red color. Um, so that's a that's a great one for a fence. I would actually recommend thinking about uh, a honeysuckle vine. So we have some. Um, they're uh, they're called Dropmore honeysuckle, and they are pretty common in our garden centers. There's a bright orange. They have these kind of clusters of bright orange, small tubular flowers. They're great for hummingbirds, bees, and they also come in other cultivars like um, I think one is called Fire and Ice, and it's a pink and yellow flower. So these are not a trumpet vine. That's a different plant. But these are a honeysuckle, and they are um, they have these the two the flowers are long and narrow, and and they're really they're quite small compared to like a trumpet vine. So that's a great that's a great vine. I would say you know think about that if you have a full sun fence, it's a nice nice plant to grow there. What about if it's shady? Well, if it's shady, then probably that Virginia creeper might be a better choice. Okay. They were there. They had. A, I just didn't see it earlier. They had a follow-up okay. sun or shade. Oh, okay. Um, good question. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do do do. What would be do do do? I'm looking here at the clock. Oh, another rabbit question. They've chewed off the bark of our three-year-old crab apple tree. Oh. 
And <laughs> many of our shrubs, I'm not laughing at that. What's yeah. going to be the outcome for those plants? Stinking rabbits, <laughs> they, the texter says. Wasquee rabbits. Yes, Um Well, you're going to have to just wait and see this spring. It depends how badly uh, they, they girdled the tree. So when rabbits chew through the bark, uh, they will chew into the cambium layer, and that's the layer that has all the vessels for the plant that carry water from the roots to the leaves, and the leaves and the energy from the uh, root from the leaves down to the roots. So, usually it's a wait and see kind of thing. You might notice that one branch is affected, the side that the rabbits chewed on. You might not see much activity on your plant. Um, sometimes plants will recover and they'll heal themselves up. Best thing you can do is, you know, if it's dry, water it, mulch the base, uh, do a good pruning on it, um, you know, and then protect it next year if it if it makes it through the summer. Uh, protect it next year. But anticipate that, you know, it may lose a big chunk of branch and might look pretty weird, so you would want to replace it at that point. <laughs> Sorry. thinking that we had a rabbit that would come into our backyard and help him or herself to whatever was in the backyard. And I, uh, we had some extra fencing put in last year, and I went to seal off any little area that uh, a rabbit or any critter of any size could get through. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I don't know if the rabbit was trying to guilt me, but I'm looking out the kitchen window, and there's the rabbit on the other side of the fence looking <laughs> Oh, looking at me what like, are you doing? what What did you do? <laughs> we were such good friends. Yeah. Anyway. Well, rabbits and, you know, rabbits live in, they, they like piles of brush. Mm-hmm. They like to live under decks. So when you are looking around your yard and thinking, you know, why do I have so many rabbits or why do I have this rabbit problem? Look at places that they can, just like you did, that they can get in and, yeah. you know, put lattice work under your deck or fencing you know, you can tuck it under that deck edge and it won't even be noticeable, but it'll keep the rabbits from taking up residence under your deck. And then if your neighbors have arborvitae, I have two neighbors on either side of me with big arborvitae hedges. But our yard is fenced for our dog, and the dog, I think, also keeps an eye on the rabbit population. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> she would love it if a rabbit got in because she'd have a heyday. Are you kidding? Going yeah. after that rabbit. <laughs> Absolutely. And exercise. Hot and pepper for dinner. <laughs> okay, on that note, uh, we'll on this uh, we'll uh, we'll get more of back to Wild Kingdom in a moment, but in the, and then our smart garden show continues. I tell you what, Julie, when we let's watch when we as do, Jim skins the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's <laughs> let's take this break. We'll look at the forecast. And what do you say, Julie? When we come back, let's talk about just dawned on me. It's it's Valentine's Day coming. Up. I know. Let's talk about that. How it relates and what, how we can tie that together with the Lawn and Garden Show. We'll do that. After uh, the break, stay with us here on News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And a good Saturday morning to you. This happens to be the 11th day of February. Danny Long here along with Julie Weisenhardt from the U of M answering those Lana Garden questions on our Smart Garden show. Julie, I, before the break, I mentioned that it was kind of caught up. I don't know, maybe you too. It kind of caught up to to me that Valentine's Day, just a couple days away. And uh, what can we, how can you connect that with our Smart Garden show here? What What's some yeah, ideas? So, so the one thing I want to, uh, let people know is that the spring flower show is going on at the Arboretum right now. It's amazing. It's connection with nature is our theme and it is fantastic. There are these huge trunks of a tree that uh, fell down quite a while ago and they're all hollowed out. And the, our artists, our floral artists, our horticulturists have planted into those trunks orchids and beautiful vines and gorgeous blooming flowers. It smells so good when you walk into the great hall where a lot of the plantings are, but they're all throughout the building and all into the visitor centers, uh, into the Snyder building. So I would say that would be a great thing to do for Valentine's Day is to take your sweetheart out to uh, the Arboretum uh, and go to the flower show you do need to make reservations, and that's fine. Uh, if you're a member, there's no cost. If you are not a member, I think it's $15. But another thing that's cool that's going on are um, these date nights that they're doing. And there's still tickets for February 16th and the 23rd. Uh, this is live music. It's a cash bar. It's an educational talk by a different horticultural expert. So you get a little education, but you also can go out and... Uh, have a little fun at the Arboretum in the evening. So I think it's $5 for members and $20 for non-members. So you have to reserve tickets for that. There's a limited number of tickets available. But cool things to do on Valentine's yeah. Week. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't have uh, specifically on Valentine's Day, but, I mean, any time if you have yet sure. to go to the Arboretum, you must see it. Uh, and, again, like you suggested, you have to go online to reserve it. But that's – I really love it compared to the oh, – pardon the expression – old days yeah. because the parking is now is so much e- much is. easier than it uh, used to be. Yeah, much easier. This weekend they have a great show uh, that is um, hosted by the U.S. Department of Interior Indian Arts and Crafts Board. It's a pop-up event. It's from 11 till 2 today and tomorrow and it is about uh, our what's critical to our country, native artists and tribal communities. 
and the authenticity of indigenous art. So it really beautiful things. So the artists are there. Their art is being uh, displayed in the gallery, the Reedy Gallery. Um, so a great event to go to. That's today and tomorrow from 11 till 2 at the Arboretum. Excellent. Great place. Love the Arboretum. Yes. All right. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, this is your chance to get an answer from Julie uh, at at 651-461-9226. Now, we'd love to hear your voice, so if you want to call and uh, chat with Julie, great. If you just want to send a text, that'd be okay, too. 651-461-9226. Another text says this, Julie. Two arborvited trees in my yard are bent at a right angle from heavy snow. What are the chances they will straighten? And can the bent tops be cut off? Well, I wouldn't cut them off. Uh, I mean, they're bent from the snow, but they will actually bounce back. As the tissues warm up, they'll become more flexible. And they should actually bounce back up to their upright position slowly. But uh, I've seen this happen before, and they kind of gradually will go back to their normal position. So I wouldn't worry about cutting them off at this point. If they're broken, that's different. Then you would want to uh, make a nice clean cut. Okay. Broken part. Hey, Denny, you mentioned too about uh, more about Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, and maybe we want to talk to people about also like cut flowers and. Oh and yeah, plants, let's do that. You know? Good idea. Do we have any questions you want to take care of first? Do you think? Well, you know what? Let's do this. Now we'll come back because Mary Lou has just called in from Crystal. Oh, great. To ask you a question. So, Mary Sounds Lou, good. thanks for calling. What is your question for Julie? Yes. Good morning. I just have a. A gift, it was for my birthday, so it's like about months ago, one of these grow plants. And it's in a little jar of water, a little vase of water, so the roots are, you know, showing. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's kind of dead-like. And I, I, I don't think I can plant this in the summer because I know it's a forest thing. But is could I try that? Um, so this is a bulb, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a ball. Yeah, so you can try to plant them. What's happened is that these were forced, which you mentioned, uh, and so the plant has used up a significant amount of its energy in that bulb to bloom. That's kind of the essence of forcing. You can try planting it, though. Uh, You can either plant it in the spring and then see if it blooms next year. So you can try that. It may take a couple of years to bloom. I think it's kind of weighing like how much investment do you want to put into it? You know, do you do you want to do that or do you want to just plant some fresh bulbs uh, next fall? So I think you can try it, but um, it may take a couple of years before it actually would bloom, rebloom. All right. Thanks for the call. Texter says this, Julie. Uh, late last fall, I removed rock and landscape fabric from under my uh, arborvitaes. Now, this fibrous, the fibrous roots are exposed, and I covered them with leaves for the winter. Now, in the spring, should I cover the roots with a thin layer of topsoil? I did not want to put down mulch. I think you could leave the leaves there and let them uh, break down. Um, covering with topsoil, I I don't think I would. I think I would just leave the leaves on top of it as a living, you know, as a, as a mulch. You could plant underneath there too. Uh, we talked earlier about some plants growing underneath some cedars and and that. So you could do some planting under there. It might be a little tricky with the roots, but you could work them, work around them a little bit. 
Um, but I'd just leave the leaves. In fact, it'd be a good place to put leaves every year and let them just break down. They'll naturally form a, a soil over the surface of those roots. You know, we had started talking about Valentine's Day, Julie, and I'm uh, thinking, too, a lot of folks like to give some folks flowers, cut flowers. What about that idea, and what about preserving them for as long as we can? Right. So if you're thinking about somebody that you want to bring, should I bring a plant? Should I bring cut flowers? Think about the person. So um, my mom, for example, does not really necessarily want more plants to take care of through the year. She has some a great you know, Christmas cactus that's gorgeous. She has some really interesting Hoya. Um, she's got a amaryllis bulb. She has an orchid. Um, and that's plenty for her, but she really likes to get cut flowers. And so that is a decision to make. Think about the person you might like to have a plant, but will the person that you're giving it to want to take care of that plant indefinitely? So that's one thing to think about. If um, cut flowers are wonderful to give, you can, of course, have a mixture of cut flowers, you know, made specially for the person that you care about. You can buy some really great cut flowers at some of our local stores. So choosing that is important. They do come with a, with a um, kind of a, eh, it's kind of a fertilizer. It's a supplement for the water. And you want to use that. Trim off the ends with a nice, clean, sharp pruner. Don't use a scissors because they will kind of crush the stems. So bring your pruner along and then put them in a nice big vase. I always remove the leaves, too, from the lower part of the stem so that they're not sitting in water because they tend to get kind of soft and mushy and the water turns color and it gets kind of stinky. So I peel those off. And then, so there's only leaves above the water, and that helps too. And then keep the flowers in a cool location. Don't put them in a bright, sunny, hot window. Put them in a, you know, a, an area that doesn't necessarily get sunshine, and they'll last much longer. Julia Texter, uh, I'm looking at a bunch of these now. Is there a benefit, Texter says, to watering house plants from the bottom? There can be. Uh, it's kind of your choice. What you don't want to do is water and let the plants sit in water. So you don't want to put them in a container and then put water in the container and let them sit there. You can let them soak in that for a little while. For example, I do that with my orchids. But then I pour the extra water out and make sure that they're well-drained. Some plants like African violets, it's recommended that they're watered from the bottom because the leaves have this, these little hairs on them. And they can hold moisture, and they may have you may have leaf spot issues from water droplets sitting on those leaves. So they are bottom waterers a lot of times that people recommend. Some plants are more sensitive to uh, crown rot, so it's good to water them from the base. So you can do that, but again, just don't let them sit in the water. You know, let them soak up water. When the top of the soil feels damp, take the plant out of that water reservoir pour out that excess water, and then set it back into its normal location. Okay. I know we have to take a quick break here in a moment, but uh, let's grab another text, uh, Julie. This one says, I'd like to plant a native pollinator garden in my boulevard space. Oh, excellent. My neighbor has a black walnut tree right across the street from this space in their boulevard. My potential garden space is beyond the drip line of the black walnut tree, but wondering if I should still only plant juglone-resistant plants. Oh, Boy, that is a good question. That's a, a if I should still only plant juglone resistant plants. Oh, 
Boy, that is a good question. That's a, a very excellent observation. Um, <clears throat> I don't think you have to worry too much about the roots, especially because it's on the other side of the road. But you may uh, be concerned about leaves and the fruit, if the fruit you know, rolls into your garden uh, or the leaves blow into your garden. They all carry some juglone in there. So that would be one concern. Um, actually, a native pollinator garden would be great there because a lot of our native plants are resistant to the juglone. Black walnuts are native trees here in Minnesota, and these native plants have evolved with that black walnut to, uh, you know, to tolerate the juglone. So uh, I don't think you're going to have too much trouble if you stick with native plants in your pollinator garden, but I would just, you know, pick up the nuts uh, when the, if they get into your garden, um, you know, rake up the leaves, but I think you're going to be okay. All right, good. Hang on, Julie. We'll take this quick break and be back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show, 651-461-9226. We'll pick up on some more text messages we did not get to uh, straight ahead here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. We are here every Saturday in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to folks like Julie Weisenauer from the U of M answering those particular questions today. And Julie, we still have a bunch of, uh, okay. of those questions. See how many folks we can help out. Uh, this one's about a red dogwood on the uh, outside of uh, our grove, all bent over on the ground. Some have broken. We don't trim these because it is part of the outer section of the grove. Do we cut off the broken ones, and do we need to be pruning these every year after all? Yeah, so definitely cut off the broken stems. And red twig dogwood do great pruned. So essentially when you see the plant, look for the biggest kind of craggiest looking stems. They've maybe, they're maybe a little corky looking, gray colored, um, not very good red color. And just take your lopper and get as close to the base of the plant as you can and snap those, you know, cut them right off. And you can do that every year. What it does is it opens up the plant and allows more younger stems to grow, and those are the stems that have the best red color. So okay. uh, that's it's easy to do. You can do it any time. Now is a great time because you can actually see if you can get out there with snow, but you can actually see the branches really clearly. We uh, talk about the Arboretum every Saturday. We love uh, love that place, and so, so do our listeners. In fact, here's one that says, Good morning, love your show. Uh, by the way, the Arboretum has the best gift shop, too. It is. Oh, isn't it awesome? Is I it bet, really? I don't think I've been there. Oh, it, you know, it used to be really tiny when it was in, before the Oswald Visitor Center was built and we were in the Snyder building. And it's just, it's gorgeous. It has great books. It has really wonderful seasonal gift items. It even has air plants. I'm in there looking at the air plants all the time. Um, just a really great, great gift shop. One of the best that I've been in in a long time. <laughs> We're talking about uh, trimming trees, specifically oaks. Uh, this texter says, should you trim very young oak trees, is one question, only about three feet tall, thinking about starting to shape them? I think it depends on the tree. If you see some branches that are crossing, if you see some branches that seem really out of place, now is the time to prune those. Uh, pruning starts when the trees are young. So after you plant them, um, and take a look at them, then start to see their form, and, and shaping is important. So I think you're right on the money. I was, I think, 
the listener means hostas and not hostels. Oh. <laughs> uh, suge- suggestions for hostas in a sunny balcony location. Ooh, hostas on a sunny balcony location. I don't know if there would be any. Um, balconies are usually pretty warm. Um, those are perennials, hosta. So it would be an expensive venture to put them on a balcony and have them die every year. I think I would look more for annual plants and even house plants that would do well in a sunny location. You can take a look on our landscaping webpage on extension.umn.edu, and we have our plant selection database called the Plant Elements of Design. You could put in just herbaceous plants, sunny, and take a look at uh, some plants. Now those are going to and look for annuals. Type in also annuals. And you'll get a selection of those. And then, you know, you'll get like snapdragons. So then you can go to the garden center and say, I'm interested in snapdragons. And then you can narrow it down to the the type of snapdragon that you want, how tall and what color and that kind of thing. But um, I think it would be really expensive to have hostas. And I don't know of very many that are big sun lovers. Yeah. There are some, but it would. I think it would be pretty costly. Okay. So just thinking of your wallet right now. Very good. <laughs> now here's another one, Julie. I know we're almost out of time. The deer have eaten all of our bushes way down. Should the texter says, should I even them up and spray something all summer to keep the deer from eating? Uh, even my rose bush that had done very well last summer. So they oh, did boy. a lot of damage. They they can do a yes. lot of damage. Yes. So you're you're going to, next year you're going to want to fence that area. Even a temporary winter fence would work. You can use repellents on plants. We I just wrote an article about animal damage, and we do have a good web page on that too. The trick with uh, repellents is that you need to start early, and you need to change them up. So you need to vary them. So there's a number of different good quality products out there, and you want to kind of keep the deer guessing. Because the deer will get used to things, scents and sounds and etc. You do want to prune off anything that's been really cut down. Deer will rip things. They'll, you'll see them rip leaves. They pull on them versus rabbits, which make a nice 45-degree angle cut, nice and clean because they have those big incisors in the front of their mouth. And so they make a nice, nice uh, cutting that way. But... Um, yeah, you will want to prune off anything ragged, anything that's been chopped by the deer. And then you'll have to start repellents really early if you want to keep them away. That's really a problem through the summer. A couple of minutes to go. Now, sometimes, as you know, Julie, the uh, the text messages get a little garbled, and sometimes people uh, just uh, dictate them, and <laughs> what comes out is not the yeah, same. So you're going to have to help me with this. Uh, this one, uh, is there such a thing as gin fizz arborvita? Uh, maybe. Okay. I, I could see somebody naming it that. <laughs> How about Barry Poppins winterberry? Oh, my gosh, that's a great name. I've never, <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I don't know of a winterberry called that, but I love it. Uh, uh, so there could be. Yeah, oh, the the so. texter the texter says that they are supposed to have lots of berries for the birds. Mm-hmm. That's that's was their right. their intent. Right. So you know, it wouldn't it be a great? Of course, you can always Google that. But uh, yeah. uh, again, maybe in our last minute or so, we should 
That's another example, not only going to the Arboretum to view these things before you buy and plant what you might like, uh, but get get online, get on the website and look at, uh, you know, trees, shrubs, whatever that you're thinking about, right? Right, right. And the Arboretum has a, a tool called the Plant Finder. It's a digital map. So you could enter in winterberry and it will direct you to winterberry that are growing on the property. And so that is a great way to look at plants in the landscape. There are lots of different sizes of winterberry, for example, and winterberry are dioecious, meaning you need a male and female plant so that you can have the pollen from the male fertilize the flowers from the female. So, But we have lots of different kinds. I haven't heard of berry poppins. I love the name. But there's <laughs> things like red sprite and sparkleberry and a lot of different very uh, floriferous, berry-laden plants that you could grow for birds. Excellent. Well, I'll tell you what, 30 seconds to go here, Julie. When is the uh, the group, the wonderful... Um, uh, um, abiders. <laughs> uh, abiders. I was trying to look at the date again. And the Abiders will be playing a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll be playing at Back Channel Brewing here in Mound uh, at uh, uh, on February 25th. And we start about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I think, or 6 o'clock in the evening. I can't remember which. But you can see all of our gigs on our website called theabiders.net. So hope to see your smiling gardening faces at our gigs. And I would imagine if... If they're very nice to you uh, during a break, you'll even answer a gardening question. <laughs> of course. I'm sure you absolutely. will. Of course. <laughs> Julie, happy Valentine's Day. Thanks so much. And uh, get on the university website, extension.umn.edu, and have a great week. I know we're going to talk two weeks from today, right? That sounds good, Denny. Good deal. See Thank you, you Julie. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Thanks very much. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Yeah, she'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks. And our Master Gardener friend, uh, Teresa Rooney, will be on next Saturday morning here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Now, next hour, Andy Lindis will be answering all of your home improvement questions. So whatever you have in mind, any project, whatever the case may be, get those questions ready next hour. Right now in the Twin Cities, there's a few clouds out there. We are heading to near 45 right now, 29 on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.